This is the broadcast voice of Marshall University. WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone. For this Wednesday, February 14th, 2024, I'm Emma Johnson. And I'm Samantha Riddle. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, NATO Chief Hill's record defense spending while warning that Trump's remarks undermine security. All on your daily source for Marshall Broadcast News, Luke Hamilton will be in with the Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Ben Anderson will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. The current temperature outside is a sunny 50 degrees. And now on to our top story. The Republican head of the House Intelligence Committee is urging the Biden administration to declassify information about what he calls a serious national security threat. Representative Mike Turner has given no details about the nature of the threat, and the Biden administration also has declined to address it. But House Speaker Mike Johnson says, quote, there's no need for an alarm, unquote. He says he's not at liberty to disclose the classified information, but he says, quote, we just want to assure everyone's steady hands are at the wheel. We're working on it and there's no need for alarm, unquote. Minutes after Kansas City Chiefs players vowed to go for a third straight Super Bowl title, shots were fired and multiple people near the parade route were carried away on stretchers. Fire Department Battalion Chief Michael Hopkins said eight eight to ten people were injured today, but declined further comment, saying that that additional information will be released soon. Police said in a news release that two people were detained. Fans were urged to exit the area as quickly as possible. Officers could be seen rushing toward Union Station but later announced that they were releasing everyone from outside. International efforts to broker a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas have suffered a setback as Israel reportedly recalled its negotiating team. Today, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu accused Hamas of hobbing the high-stakes negotiations by sticking to, quote, delusional, unquote, demands. Netanyahu's remarks raised concern over the fate of the talks. The internationally mediated negotiations in Syria were taking place even as deadly violence continued both in the Gaza Strip and along Israel's border with Lebanon, where low-level fighting has continued ever since the war broke out. On the ground in Gaza today, Palestinians began evacuating the main hospital in the southern town of Han Yunus, isolated after weeks of deadly fighting. Cybersecurity experts are warning that hospitals around the United States are at risk for attacks such as the ones that's crippling operations at a premier Midwestern Children's Hospital. Experts want the government in Washington to do more to prevent such breaches. Assailants often operate from American adversaries such as Russia, North Korea, and Iran where they enjoy big payouts from their victims and face little prospect of ever being punished. Federal health officials acknowledge the increase in cyber attacks on hospitals and say they are working to develop new rules to help healthcare facilities protect themselves against cyber threats. But they say more money is needed from Congress to help hospitals protect themselves. NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg says European allies in Canada have ramped up defense spending to record levels. He's also warning that former U.S. President Donald Trump is undermining their security by calling into question the U.S. commitment to its allies. 
Stoltenberg said today that U.S. partners in NATO have spent $600 billion or more on their military budgets since 2014. Russia's assertion to the peninsula promoted them to reverse spending cuts they made after the Cold War. Its invasion of Ukraine is further focusing minds. Trump says he once warned that he would allow Russia to do whatever it wants to NATO members that are, quote, delinquent, unquote, in devoting 2% of GDP to defense. Stoltenberg says those kind of remarks are, quote, undermining the security of all of us, unquote. Coming up, a man apologizes for fatal shooting at Breonna Taylor protest, sentenced to 30 years. That and more news from across the Tri-State when News Center 88 returns right after this. Hey, you know me. I'm your best friend. And when we're together, we turn bad times into good times. But hey, we don't go out for cups of coffee, and we don't even talk. Trust me, I know you inside and out. We're like two veins in the same arm. I'm your blood brother. So eat me up on my spoon, and give me a home in your syringe, before I make my next film in your body. You know what comes next, right? Shoot me in your veins. Your body tries to fight me off in a uh, high moon shoot up shootout. And boy, howdy, this down ain't big enough for the two of us. When you're on the slab under those big bright movie lights in the morgue, you're the big star. I just directed your last flick, cowboy. You know me. I'm heroin. Who were you? Heroin is not your best friend. It's a deadly, addictive drug. You take it, and before you know it, it'll take you too. This has been a public service announcement from WMUL. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best spot news reporting by the Virginia's Associated Press. I'm Emma Johnson. And I'm Samantha Riddle. Virginia legislation that limits countries from regulating our agricultural operations is stoking fears that the that a logging company could re I'm sorry, resurrect plans to build a toxic sweeping facility. The House of Delegates approved the bill yesterday after it prevented after it previously passed the Senate. It would bar c- countries from overstepping state law and agricultural operations. Last May, Allegheny Woods produ- products withdrew an air permit application after Hardy County residents complained. The Flemington facility would treat logs to be shipped overseas. The bill doesn't address the facility, but bans countries from regulating any federal or state re- registered pesticide, herbicide, or insecticide. Hardy County planner Melissa Scott says the bill is of a specific interest to many residents. West Virginia lawmakers are pushing to make the state the 12th in the nation to ban smoking in cars with children. The state Senate yesterday passed a bill making it a misdemeanor to smoke in a vehicle with a child under 17. The bill goes to the House of Delegates, but people can't be pulled over just for smoking with a child present. West Virginia has the highest use of cigarette smoking among adults in the nation. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says 11 states have the ban. The West Virginia bill's main sponsor is a doctor and says a non-smoking patient who lost half of her lung function had to hide her from her father's smoke. 
Prosecutors in the murder trial of former Ohio Sheriff's deputies say his claims that the man he fatally shot posed a threat are not credible. Also today, defense lawyers insisted that the testimony and evidence presented at trial has been consistent with Jason Meade's statements. Meade, who is white, is charged with murder and reckless homicide in December 2020 killing a 23-year-old Casey Goodson Jr., who was black in Columbus. The jury began deliberating this afternoon. There are no body cam videos of the shooting, and prosecutors have underscored that Meade is the only person who testified that Goodson was holding a gun. A lawmaker has resumed his push to limit a Kentucky governor's pardon powers. It is a fallout from the pardons granted by the state's last GOP governor. The proposed constitutional change won approval from a Senate committee today. Senator Chris McDaniel wants to guarantee what happened at the end of former Governor Matt Bevin's term never occurs again. Bevin issued hundreds of pardons in late 2019. Several stirred outrage from victims or their families, prosecutors, and lawmakers. McDaniel's proposed seeks to amend the state's constitution to remove a governor's pardon powers in the month before a a gubernatorial election and between the election and inauguration. A Kentucky man has been sentenced to 30 years in prison for fatally shooting a photographer at a protest over the police killing of Breonna Taylor. Stephen Lopez apologized for his actions before a judge handed down the sentence yesterday. In Jefferson Circuit Court, Lopez pleaded guilty last month to manslaughter in the te- in the death of a 23-year-old Taylor Girth and to several counts of wanted endangerment during the protest in 2020. Witness said Lopez fired multiple shots into the crowd, and video showed people running and hiding behind bushes, buildings, and vehicles to avoid being hit by gunfire. Coming up next, Harvey Weinstein is appealing 2020 rape conviction. New York's top court to hear, hear arguments. That and more news from around the nation when New Center 88 returns. Stay with us. worldwide leader of Marshall University sports coverage. Welcome back to Joint Perry Stadium in Bowling Green, Ohio, a stone's throw from I-75. Back inside the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. And welcome back inside the MAC Center here in Kent, Ohio. Marshall women's basketball preparing to take on the Golden Flashes. From Millet Hall in Oxford, Ohio, the campus of Miami University. Here atop Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in the Emerald City, Greenville, North Carolina. WMUL-FM Huntington. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best radio news reporting by the Society of Professional Journalists Mark of Excellence Awards. I'm Emma Johnson. And I'm Samantha Riddle. Lawmakers in at least six states are considering longer prison sentences or bigger fines for harming or killing police dogs, despite questions about how the animals are used and fought and a and a fraught history, excuse me. Today, the Kansas House approved a bill that would allow a five-year prison sentence for a first-time offender who killed a police dog up from one year. The Colorado House on Monday passed a bill that requires killers of police dogs to pay restitution to their agencies. Lawmakers in Missouri, South Carolina, Hawaii, and West Virginia also are considering measures. Some black lawmakers have protested saying dogs have been turned on marginalized communities. 
Black History Month was celebrated in the nation's capital with dueling events yesterday highlighting the divide between Democrats and Republicans' approaches to counting black voters in the 2024 presidential election. At the White House, descendants of civil rights icons and black historical, historical figures excuse me, convened with Biden officials, including Vice President Kamala Harris. Later that evening, Republicans held a Excuse me. Later that evening, Republicans held a celebration celebrating activists working to make inroads with black voters. The two events highlighted where each party starts in its efforts to court black voters who overwhelmingly have supported the Democrats in an election when polls indicate the community may be more persuadable than in the past. William Post, a Michigan man who played an important role in the development of Pop-Tarts, has died at the age of 96. Post died Saturday, according to a family obituary that provided no details about how he died. According to the family, Post retired at age 56 as a senior vice president with the Keebler Company and settled in Glen Arbor, Michigan. Kellanova, formerly known as Kellogg, said in a statement today that, quote, played an important role in co-creating the iconic Pop-Tarts brand, unquote. Pop-Tarts debuted in 1964 in Cleveland, Ohio, before the toastery. The toaster pastry was released nationwide the following year. Kelanova's website states. Um, excuse me, I'm sorry. Lift. Yeah, I'm so sorry. New York's highest court will hear arguments in Harvey Weinstein's quest to overturn his 2020 rape conviction. Today, Weinstein's lawyers will ask the State Court of Appeals to Albany to dismiss the disgraced movie Mongol's conviction on charges of rape and criminal sex acts. They argue that the judge is in his Manhattan trial trampled his rights to a fair trial by, quote, succumbing to the pressure, unquote, of the hashtag MeToo movement. The judge, James Burke, allows testimony from three women whose allegations weren't part of the case and ruled that prosecutors would confront Weinstein about other unrelated misbehavior if he had testified, which he declined to do. The New York Court of Appeals agreed last year to take Weinstein's case after an intermediate appellate court upheld his conviction. Lyft shares have jumped 62% after the bell today, thanks in part to a typo in the ride-hailing company's earnings release that sent investors' auto-trading algorithms, also known as bots, into a buying frenzy. Lyft's fourth-quarter report initially forecast that an important pro- profit metric was expected to climb by 500 basis points, or 5%, in 2024. However, the company informed investors about five minutes after the original release that there was one zero too many in that number and corrected it to 50 base points. As much more realistic, 0.5% shares retreated after the correction but remain more than 37% higher at $16.69 per share in early today trading after the company topped all topped most Wall Street expectations for the quarter. Coming up next, GOP-led House impeaches Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas by one vote. Your daily political update when New Center 88 returns right after this. You did it! 
congratulations, you've solved all 10 briefcases without hitting a whammy. That means you've won the grand prize. Tell them about it, Rod. It's brand new radio station from Marshall University, WMUL 88.1. Contains the best music library, news coverage, award-winning sports, and impeccable talent. It's the WMUL 88.1. Cutting edge! Ever notice when you have a baby, everyone seems to give you advice? From your mother-in-law, to your own parents, to your friends. But when it comes to the important stuff, like immunizations and protecting my baby's health, I trust my baby's doctor. She really listens to my questions about shots, gives me great information, and she works with me to make sure my baby gets protected. And that's something even my mother-in-law can agree with. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Emma Johnson. And I'm Samantha Riddle. Republican Speaker Mike Johnson says the U.S. House will not feel rushed to pass the $95 billion foreign aid package for Ukraine, Israel, and other allies. His private remarks today signal a further stall over sending military hardware that Kiev badly needs to fight Russia. At a press conference later, Johnson said that the House will not be, quote, jammed, unquote, by the state by the Senate passed aid package. Senators overwhelmingly approved the package on a bipartisan vote this week, but it is fate, but its fate is now uncertain in the House. Republicans in that chamber are aligned with Donald Trump, who opposes sending aid to Ukraine to fight Russia. Lawmakers in Greece have begun a debate on a landmark bill to legalize same-sex marriage. It would make Greece the first Orthodox Christian country to do so. The Valentine's Day session in Parliament follows vocal opposition and protests from the church, but public opinion has shifted and is narrowly supporting the reform. If approved, the bill would grant same-sex couples full parental rights but not allow male partners to seek children born in Greece through surrogacy. The vote on the same-sex marriage bill is due tomorrow. A Georgia judge has scheduled a hearing on a motion to bar Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis from continuing to pursue her election interference case against former President Donald Trump and others. That hearing is slated for tomorrow. A defense attorney in the case argued in a court filling last month that a romantic relationship between Willis and a special prosecutor, Nathan Wade, disqualifies them both. The filling says Willis personally benefited from the prosecution when Wade paid for vacations for the pair, creating a conflict of interest. Willis has acknowledged the relationship but has said it has no bearing on the serious criminal charges against Trump and others. Donald Trump is expected in court for an important hearing in his New York hush money criminal case, which now appears increasingly likely to go to trial next month. Judge Han Manuel Merchant is expected to rule tomorrow on key pretrial issues and say for certain if the presidential trial will begin as scheduled on March 25th. If that happens, the New York case will be the first of Trump's four criminal indictments to go to trial. The recent postponement of the March 4th trial date in Trump's Washington, D.C. election interference case cleared the way for the hush money trial to start on time. Trump's lawyers have asked Merchant to dismiss the case entirely. The U.S. House has voted to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over the Biden administration's handling of the U.S.-Mexico border. In a historic rebuke of sitting cabinet secretary, secretary, the Republican majority was determined to try again to impeach Mayorks after having failed last week. Yesterday's evening vote 
was tight, even with the arrival of Majority Leader Steve Scalise, who had been away from Washington for cancer care. Speaker Mike Johnson's threadbare majority could not spare defections or absences in the face of staunch Democratic opposition. President Joe Biden called the impeachment of Mayorks a, quote, valent attack of unconstitutional partnership that was targeted an honorable public servant in order to play petty political games, unquote. And coming up, Luke Hamilton will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Ben Anderson will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. Stay with us. Ah, my darling, I love the tango, and I love you more than the sunrise on a clear summer day. More than the colors of the rainbow. More than the, how do you say, American football. Do you love me more than the WMUL? Are you crazy, woman? I mean, alas, it is not so. For the WMUL is, how do you say, ah yes, too sexy. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Luke Hamilton, and now it's time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Currently outside of the WML studios, it's a sunny 50 degrees. After the sun sets at 6, we'll dip down to the low 40s. At 10 p.m., temperatures will begin dropping into the high 30s before tomorrow's low of 32 degrees at 3 a.m. Tomorrow afternoon, it will be a little warmer than today when the high of 58 degrees will come as the clouds roll in. Today in weather history, on this day in 1989, while Valentine's Day was a soggy one in the Ohio Valley and the Tennessee Valley, unseasonably warm weather prevailed in the southeastern U.S., 17 cities reported record high temperatures for the dates as readings warmed into the 70s and 80s. Thank you to weather4u.com for that information. That does it for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Currently outside of the WMUL studios, it is a sunny 50 degrees. For News Center 88, I'm Luke Hamilton. Thanks, Luke. And now Ben Anderson joins us with the FM 88 Sports Report. Thanks, Emma. I'm Ben Anderson. This is the FM88 Sports Report. Starting off with Marsh Athletics and Marshall Women's Golf. Yesterday, junior Emily McClatchy. Tied for first place yesterday after shooting 170 to finish the tournament 100 par at the Atlantic Invitational at Fountains Country Club. Due to traveling schedules, McClatchy and Arkansas State's Madison Tenor went on a one-hole playoff to determine individual medalist honors, which Tenor won. McClatchy's effort was part of a big day for the herd, which also got a strong finish from Casey McIlvain, who finished in fourth in the event. McClatchy finished with five birdies on the day and led the field in the category with 13 in the three-round event. No other competitor had more than nine. McClatchy is also the only golfer in the field to... Average below par on a par four holes. In addition, McClatchy's round on Tuesday, Marshall got one under 70 from Olivia Cochin with a sophomore netting 15 pars to go with two birdies and one bogey in a clean round to close the tournament. Cochin's 70 gave Marshall the distinction of being the only competing school with two rounds and two rounds below par on the final day. There are only three total rounds under par in the final round. Marshall got a strong performances from Hannah Schrault and Madison Borders who improved their, their scores from Monday's rounds by at least five strokes finished with a 74 and 76 respectively. Marshall's women's golf is now takes off is now off until February 27th when the team heads to Phoenix, Arizona for the GCU Invitational. Marshall football yesterday has announced that offensive lineman Ethan Driscoll, running back Rashina Lee, has been formally invited to the 2024 NFL Scouting Combine. The list contains 321 of the best draft, draft eligible players for the 2024 NFL Draft. 
the National Driscoll and Ali. Marshall first sent at Marshall side two players invited to the scouting combine in the same season since 2019 when wide receiver Tyree Brady and late defensive back Malik Gant were both invited. Both Driscoll and Ali also participated in the East-West Shrine game. Players will report to the combine on February 26th and take part in an interview and on-field sessions through March 4th. In track and field this morning, it was announced by the Sunbelt Conference that graduate student in Parkersburg, West Virginia native Abby Herring has been for the second time this was named for the second time this season as the Sunbelt Conference Women's Track Athlete of the Week. Herring raced a 60-minute 21.9 second 5K in the indoor 5K last Friday to break the record at the Marshall Invitational. Previous records stood at 17 minutes and 22.38 seconds. Herring also broke the Marshall Invitational beat record in the Jeff Small track record in the same event. Herring was also a two-time cr- conference cross-country runner of the week last fall. Abby Herring is now set to bro- has now broken or set 27 school records as a member of the Thundering Herd, including breaking the indoor 3K record set earlier this season at the Lenny Lyles Invitational. In Marshall men's basketball, the Thundering Herd is back in action for the first time this week. Tomorrow, as the travels to Boone, North Carolina, take on the Appalachian State Mountaineers. Marshall's Nate Martin enters a contest coming off a strong performance in the Thundering Herd's previous contest versus Troy. As Richard's 11th ever double with 11 points and 11 rebounds. Camden Kerfman entered the contest for Marshall, leading the conference in three pointers made with 71. Marshall's the team now enters the contest with a record of 12 and 13, 7 and 5 in Sunbelt Conference play. It was ranked 37th and second Sunbelt Conference at 16 assists per game. Appalachia State enters the contest with a record of 20 and 5, 10 and 2 in lead play as it's coming off a 1 0. 9-104 overtime victory over the weekend versus Toledo and are tied for first place in the Sunbelt Conference at 10-2 versus Troy. Then tomorrow afternoon, Marshall women's basketball starts off a four-game road stretch as it, too, travels to Appalachian State. For the second meeting between the two programs this season, Marshall enters contest first place in the conference at 17-6, 11-1 in league play. Appalachian State enters contest at 13-11, 6-6 in league play, and are 8-1 at home in Boone. Last time these two teams met was on January 29th, right here in Huntington, with Marshall gaining the 81-69 victory. Lastly, Marshall likes some baseball and softball this weekend. Marshall baseball is set to begin the 2024 season in Charleston, South Carolina, in a four-game series against the College of Charleston Cougars. And then Marshall softball travels to Greenville, North Carolina, for five games over three days. The Thundering Herd opens the weekend with a doubleheader Friday starting at 11 a.m. against the Fairfield Stags, then following versus Longwood, and then... On Saturday, we'll compete in another doubleheader versus Longwood and host East Carolina before concluding the weekend on Sunday versus Fairfield. This concludes the FM88 Sports Report. For FM88 Sports, I'm Ben Anderson. Thanks, Ben. Coming up, motorist in England calls police to report he's too drunk to drive. Stay with us to find out more right after this on New Center 88. shot. My legs feel like lead. Every muscle in my body is screaming. So why does everyone think the problem is in my head? Chronic fatigue syndrome can be as isolating as it is debilitating. Visit www.cdc.gov CFS for the latest information on diagnosis and management. cdc.gov CFS. Get informed. Get diagnosed. Get help. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, CDC. And finally, today on News Center 88, police in Norkshire, England, say a drunken driver did the right thing after going the wrong way. An emergency dispatcher received an unusual call just before noon Monday when a motorist reported he was driving drunk and said, quote, doesn't know what he is doing, unquote. 
The man said he had a rough weekend. When officers arrived, the 52-year-old man was in a van on the side of the road. A breath test revealed he was three times over the legal limit. He was arrested and held in custody and released after being charged yesterday with drunken driving. And that does it for this edition of News Center 88. Tune in tomorrow at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University and the Tri-State area. And to remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For Samantha Riddle, Luke Hamilton, Ben Anderson, Peyton Sisko, and the entire News Center 88 team, I'm Emma Johnson, and your thought of the day is there is no instinct like that of the heart. Lord Byron.